Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the podcast series developed and sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org. In each one of these podcasts, we read, translate, study, analyze, and discuss one of the aliyot of the current week's parasha. My name is Yitzchak Shalom, and I'm delighted, I've been delighted to be studying Parshat Kitetse with you this week. And we are now at the final podcast, looking at the final aliyah of, uh, of Parshat Kitetse, which is a longish aliyah relative to the others. Perak Chafdalad Pasuk Yod, uh, I take it back, Perak Chafdalad Pasuk Yod Dalad, chapter 24, verse 14 continues with proper treatment of others, especially those who are less fortunate in society, before we talked about taking a loan, uh, uh, collecting for a loan, and uh, what rights you have as a collector. Lo ta'ashok sachir aniv evyon. You may not oppress a hired worker who is poor. Me'achecha o Whether he's one of your brothers or a stranger who's in your land, bisha'aracha, in your towns. You have to pay him that day. And the sun should not set without you having paid him, if, of course, he's a day worker. What's the reason you have to be careful? He's a poor man. He's anticipating this payment. And if he calls out to God, meaning he should not call out to God about you, then you'll be a sinner. Meaning, this guy is expecting some money so he can put together some dinner for his family. And then you don't pay him on time. He's going to call out to God, and uh, and you will have that sin of uh, of hurting his expectations and uh, and his living. Uh, this is something which, unfortunately, in many circles is not properly maintained, and there are unfortunately many people who uh, do not pay properly on time. Uh, this seems to contradict what we heard in the Aserat HaDibrot, Fathers shall not die for their sons, sons shall not die for their fathers, each person dies uh, for their own sin. But the way that Chazal read this is, in spite of the passage in Sefer Malachim Bet, is that, the, uh, that it means that fathers and sons cannot testify against each other in capital cases which becomes the core for what later develops into the entire matrix of psul krovim, the invalidity of krovim testifying for or against each other. Lota temishpat geriatom. You have to be careful not to subvert the judgment of a case involving a ger or a yatom, meaning a foreigner, a, uh, a uh, an orphan, and there is constantly a concern... Uh, about those who are disenfranchised, those who are less fortunate in society, making sure they got a fair shake in court. You cannot take as a pledge the garment of a widow. This has led to a famous passage involving Rabbi Shimon at the end of Masachat Bav Metziah, uh, which we'll touch on after this next pasuk. Remember you were a slave in Mitzrayim. God redeemed you from there. What does that have to do with this? We'll see. Therefore, I am commanding you to do this. What is the connection? The, the connection is very simple. You know what it's like to be a stranger. You know what it's like to be disenfranchised. You know what it's like to be on the short end of the stick. Now you have to be very careful to treat those who are on the short end of the stick in your society with fairness and with sensitivity. Parenthetically, the issue of the Begin al-Mana led to a very famous uh, discussion about <clears throat> what we might call ta'ameh mitzvot, 
Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon time in the crop. He would uh, would analyze the reason for a pasuk and for a particular mitzvah, and based on that would rule. And therefore, he said, you are allowed to take the pl- a garment of a widow who is rich as a pledge. He says, because what's the reason? The reason that if she's poor, you have to return it to her every evening. And if you come and return it to her every evening, there you are, a man coming to this widow's house every evening. People are going to talk about her, and it's going to ruin her reputation. Therefore, the Torah forbade it. So if she's rich, where you don't have to return it to her every evening, it is permissible. Chachamim disagreed. And based on the question, to what extent we can read the reasons of the mitzvot. Okay, kititzork tzircha besadecha. When you uh, harvest your field, you leave a sheaf in the field, you forget it. You can't go back to take it. You have to leave it for the stranger, for the orphan, for the widow. So God will bless you in all that you do. When you harvest your olives, you can't collect afterwards, meaning this is like a leket, form of leket. And therefore, like when you harvest your vineyard, this leads to the particular halacha of ololot, of those single grapes. You have to leave it for them. Again, remember you were an Eved. God commands you to do this because you understand what it's like, and therefore God can command you to act with this kind of sensitivity to those who are less fortunate. Now, this takes us into the juridical corner. If there is a dispute between men, they come to the judge, the judge, the, the court, they are judged. It's important to note that the word tzaddik in Tanakh, when referring to a person, not to God, means innocent, not righteous, innocent. They'll find the innocent man innocent, and the guilty man guilty. Now what's a little strange here is, we're talking about a civil suit. Nobody's really guilty or innocent. One is just the one who wins the suit. So that's why Chachamim understand that this is an allusion to uh, to Edim Zomamim, and <coughs> that the Edim now have been found to be Rishayim. Vayayim bin Rasha, so when the guilty one is going to be flogged, and the Shofet has him sort of fall over, and meaning he leans, and he hits him, lifanav, and that's how we know that some of the straps have to be on his chest and some on his back, What's the mispar? Arba'im yakenu lo yosif. So Chachamim read, b'mispar arba'im meaning a number that reaches to 40 but not 40 and that's 39. And you're not allowed to add to that. Pen yosif lakoto alein lamakaraba because if he hits him more than that, then your brother will become disgraced in front of you. And that we're not going to allow. And there, by the way, is the lotase of hitting another Jew. Comes from here. And out of nowhere, there's a lota say, you're not allowed to muzzle an ox while he's threshing, meaning he's working the field, just like with the workers, you got to let the ox eat what's in front of him. Why is this here? Because this then becomes the index case for all makot. What is lotach shom show? It's a simple lota say, there's no other punishment mentioned, it does not involve a repayment of any sort, there is no mitzvah say to fix it, and it involves an action. And that's how we know that in order to get makot, it has to be a lotase, that's not nitaklase, not nitalatashlumin, not nitalazarat mitapitin, and yeshbo ma'aset. And now we enter into the famous parsha of yibum. Keshvuachim yachtab. 
brothers dwell together, one of them dies without a, a child. And Benin Lo here is read as a child, not just a son. The wife should not go to an outside person. Rather, her Yavam should have relations with her, meaning this other brother. And take her as a wife. And the eldest son that's born to this new couple should take the place, or be called on the name, but not literally, of the dead brother. His name should not be wiped out from Yisrael. What it means is that he inherits that estate, meaning the brother who did Yibum inherits the estate of his dead brother, and now it's going to go to the Bechor of this relationship. Let's say he doesn't want to take her. Then they go to the gate, which is where the court is. She has to make this declaration. My brother-in-law refuses to keep uh, his brother's name alive. He doesn't want to take me. So the elders call him and they talk to him. And it's presumably they talk to him. And if it's appropriate, they try to talk him into doing it. And like the Mishnah says, if it's appropriate, they try to talk him out of doing it. If he's old and she's young, etc. Then he gets up and declares, I don't want to take her. Then the Yivama comes, approaches him in front of the Zekenim. She takes his shoe off of his foot. She spits in front of him. And then responds, answering, This is what happens to a man that will refuses to build his brother's house. And he crashed What is he called? He's called Beit Chalutzanal, the house of the uh, of the uh, taken off shoe, meaning that's how he's known. Rabbi Yuna famously said, I was sitting in front of Rabbi Tarfon, and he had us answer once in the case of a chalitza, Chalutzanal, Chalutzanal. There's much, much been written about Yibum, but just one interesting thing, take a look at the Ramban at the in uh, Parshat uh, Vayeshev, in Paraklamet Chet, where he talks about Yibum pre-Matan Torah and what changed post-Matan Torah, uses to explain the whole interaction with Yehuda and Shela and Tamar. Two men are fighting, and one of the wives steps in to try to save her husband. She grabs him by his testicles. You cut off her hand. I have no compassion. Now, Chazal understand, just like Ayin Tachanayin, this means payment. But what's the payment for? The payment isn't because she intervened. The payment is because of the shame. She did a shameful thing and embarrassed this fellow. And this, by the way, is the source of the payment for Boshet. You're not allowed to have in your pouch two different sized rocks for measuring one big, one small, meaning of different weights. You can't have two different sized baskets of an efa in your house. Rather, you have to have one proper rock, a or proper basket. In other words, when you sell and when you buy, use the same measures. Why? God finds an abomination. Anybody who does this sort of thing, anybody who does a miscarriage of justice and cheats somebody this way, that's an abomination to God. Which leads us to Remember what Amalek did to you when you left Mitzrayim. And the connection here may be that 
you are sort of imitating Amalek's ways by doing these things that were mentioned before, and you have to act justly. And to summarize so much of what's been said in Parshat Ki proper justice for everyone, proper extra sensitivity and care for the disenfranchised is what the modicum of Am Yisrael's behavior is. And don't forget what happened when you dropped that and Amalek attacked you. Asher Karchabaderch, they encountered you on the way. They attacked from the back those who were weak. In other words, you've got to be careful and take care of the people who are weak. That could be a vulnerable point for the nation. You were tired, and Loyare Elohim is a machlokat Rabbi Elazar, Elazar Modai, and Rabbi Yeshua is this, uh, that Am Yisrael was not fearing God? Or was it that Amalek didn't fear God? When God gives you respite from all your enemies, that in the land that God gives you, you have to wipe out Zechra Amalek, there's much, 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 much to be said about this, but a lot of it uh, I have already shared in our OU podcast series, Nach Yomi, in Shmuel Aleph Perak Tetvav, and the interested listener is recommend, is uh, directed to listen to that podcast, uh, and, and also the one in Shmuel Aleph Perak Alamed, uh, two different podcasts about Amalek, referring back also to this, uh, particular mitzvah and this passage. It has been a delight and an honor to study Parshat Kitetse with you this week. I want to wish everyone a Shabbat Shalom, and hopefully these shiurim have been the source both of some inspiration and some enlightenment as far as the nuances of the parsha, and uh, we should all continue to learn Torah together. Shabbat Shalom.